This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Imagine this. There's only two minutes left in the last game of the day, and you've got a huge sweat going on in the millimaker. It's tight at the top, just like it always is. And you have a QB wide receiver stack that has a ball driving down the field at a combined 4% roster percentage. And the dudes in front of you have, oh yeah, zero PMR. Could this be the week? Your QB rocks back, tosses the Duke down the field towards your receiver, and then boom, you wake up after being hit in the head and an Adam Sandler's voice going, eh. You button hook me. I didn't know you were going to button hook me. That's when you realize that it is just a dream. Welcome to Fantasy Football Origin Stories, where each episode is a journey back in time to explore the unique experiences of some of the coolest and most influential people in the fantasy football industry. I'm your host, Arnie Chapman, also known as the Football History Dude. Now, I love fantasy football, and I want you to come along with me to explore the yesteryear of the armchair gridiron. So hop on board my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. This time with some of DeLorean, the date is December 24th, 2023. It's approximately 7.15 p.m. on it. Eastern Coast, and we're here watching the Cardinals take on the Chicago Bears for the NFL's oldest rivalry. And we're in this very same situation that we talked about in the preview, because we have Kyler Murray to Hollywood Brown. Nobody picked this combo. I mean, come on. The other game in this window, the Cowboys and the Dolphins, you know all the roster percentages over there with the Cheetah, Dak, CD, all of these guys. And we know the roster percentage might not fall that way this upcoming Sunday when this episode releases, because this is the day before Christmas Eve of 2023. But maybe we're kind of hoping that Santa drops us a Millie Maker lineup down the chimney and we can celebrate Christmas in good old fashion. But speaking of Millie Maker, that's where this week's guest comes in. And at the beginning of the episode, did you catch that reference about a goat? Yeah, button hook me. Didn't know you were going to button hook me. That comes from Adam Sandler's albums back when he was making CDs. Maybe he still is. I don't really know. Well, at any rate, this week we have AK, one of the founding members of the Millie Goats podcast. A fun show meant to, you know, just be like you're hanging out at the bar or the local pub or something, BSing with a friend and talking about your previous week's blunders and didn't pick the right guy or the upcoming slate breakers and that kind of thing. So that's what we're going to do here. And we're going to get into the fantasy football origin story of one of the dudes from the Millie Goats podcast. But, um, so I take, I took a little bit of, you know, looking at the website and such, you know, so I got a little bit of a, um, I guess a rundown. I I was going to ask this question and I like to always start off with like asking where your NFL loyalties lie, but it's like clearly there and stuff. But so like, why for you, the 49ers over not even <laughs> like total opposite end of the country? Um, <clears throat> So I am 36. And when I was growing up, the Panthers weren't a thing. Right. So I was what, almost 10 years old by the time the Panthers came around. So when I grew up, like watching football was, the Niners were on all the time because they were really good. So my favorite player was either Garrison Hurst or Jerry Rice. So, and you'll, I have different teams, like my favorite hockey teams, the Rangers, because again, growing up in North Carolina, we didn't have professional sports. I mean, even the Hornets left for a while. We didn't have professional baseball. We didn't have pro football. We didn't have pro hockey. Like all that stuff came after I was like nine, 10 years old. So I grew up watching kind of what my parents watched to a certain degree, but also the games that were on. I just remember watching Jerry Rice, King Griffey Jr., Mike Richter, you know. So that's almost kind of funny because now I think about it, your hometown hero, McCaffrey, goes to your favorite team. I mean, that must have been for you like a godsend kind of thing. 
Dude, I mean, I remember whatever I got the uh, the 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 message about that, and you know, we watch. Dude, we, I mean, we watch a lot of football. We played football like we all four of us are big football dudes. Like we all played through college. So, and it's hilarious now that we're still fans. Like, I mean, you always are. Like, you know how it is. But when he get when he got the when we got the notification he was going there, it was kind of like, okay, this is an offense that knows how to use weapons like this like he's going to be used like he's never been used before it's not going to be turn around and hand him the ball 30 times and swing passes like it's going to be motion it's going to be Debo and him in the backfield at the same time like you just start going through all the 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 uh scenarios of what they can do with that offense and some of my friends are Panthers fans so that was hilarious that's what added the kicker right like (laughs) I mean you know how it is you're in a friend group right like I don't know how much of your friends are all Lions fans, but for us, we, I mean, we have me who's a 49ers fan, Javi is a Bills fan, and Tex and Bush P are Cowboys fan. Again, we all grew up in North South Carolina. We didn't have a team. So all of our friend groups have different favorite teams. And you could hear the collective sigh whenever CMC went to the Niners because everybody just kind of went, oh, man, because I'm an insufferable trash talker. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was curious about that because. Yeah, I, I noticed, you know, the Cowboys and 49ers, I guess during when you would have been growing up then, that was like one of the biggest rivalries in the NFL period. You know, the Bills, they were with the, you know, against the Cowboys when we were growing up in the 90s too, but like they just, <laughs> they had a bad luck there not winning any of those four Super Bowls in a row. But that's uh, interesting, yeah, because like I've always just grown up having a team because when you're from Michigan, Detroit's right, so like that's mm-hmm. just your team. So you guys had to like pick it based on that kind of thing. Um I mean, well, you kind of buried. Okay, let's go back to this <laughs> way back. You talked about you, be, you guys all being players. I see the Mountaineers yes. um, banner in the background, and I, I see on your site it says, "Yeah, where did it go here?" One of the most versatile <laughs> athletes. Look it up, and you beat Pat McAfee in a corner <laughs> uh, corner contest. So, like, let's talk about a couple. Let's let's go back in time and talk about your football career first. So, originally, I was a quarterback in high school. I st- actually, I was a wide receiver my whole life. Um, and I was throwing football on the sideline. This happened at college too, but in in high school I was throwing football. I mean, I was being recruited as a receiver, and then the head coach approached me and goes, "Do you want to play quarterback your senior year?" And I was like, "Sure." So, learned how to play quarterback, all conference, all Northwest, you know, all county, so on and so forth. Um, and then, I mean, I was very, very prone to concussions. Uh, so that my senior year was a little rough from that regard, but I ended up deciding, I was like, okay, if I get the chance, I want to go punt in college. So that's what I ended up doing. Um, got the chance to go play at app state, uh, went there, um, competed for the starting job my freshman year, but there was a guy by the name of Matt Dodge who was there. Um, he and I are good friends too. I still hang out with him. Um, he ended up winning the job and ended up transferring the next year to go to ECU and then he ended up going to the NFL. Okay, so I'm like, all right, now's my time to be the punter. So <laughs> another guy shows up by the name of uh well Neil Young was in there too. He was a pretty good punter too, but then another guy showed up by the name of Sam Martin. Oh, geez, yeah, wow. Was, <laughs> if you watch football, you know who Sam Martin is. Mm-hmm. So and I don't mean a name drop or anything, but it was it was, you know, I got sandwiched in between two. So in it ended up what I had to do was find other ways on the field. Um, when I say versatile athletes, like coach Moore came to me at various points of my career, you know, I, I, I blew my knee out eventually, but there was one spring game or one spring, uh, practice session. He goes, I want you to play safety this year. Okay. So I learned how to play safety. Then the next spring he comes to me, he goes, I want you to be in the quarterback room. Okay. And then the next year, he's like, I want you to be more involved on special teams like kickoffs, punt returns, you know, so I would catch punts. And then eventually I learned how to long snap and just started long snapping in a game. I'm pretty sure I'm the only guy who's ever had a kickoff tackle, snapped in a game and punted in a game. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, you're, you're the Appalachian uh, Taysom Hill, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I, so he, he's, he's probably a lot more physical. than I, I mean, I didn't play a lot. Like, don't get it wrong. Like I was, it just, he would put me all over the field, you know. Um, which was kind of cool. I mean, I, I I regret not working harder, obviously, because mm-hmm. he was trying to give me opportunities. And at that time in my life, I wasn't taking advantage of them, which kind of frustrated me. But, you know, we had a couple of guys that were really good friends with us that ended up going to play in the league. Um, and they played for a long time, which was really cool. And 
Javi was a really, he was a good kicker. I mean, he was an athlete too, though. He was an all-state ba- uh, football, soccer player, wide receiver, and he was a really good kicker. He has all kinds of records, or records at App State. Um, and then Tex, my brother, was a D3, like three-year starter at safety. And Butch was a uh, junior, college, junior college starter. So, we, I mean, we all, we all played quite a bit. Um, but, you know, that's, it, it, football unifies us for the most part. Yeah, it's a language that you can kind of all have no matter what's going on. You can always kind of reference and go back to it and everything. Um, so that's what I was going to ask. Like, how did you all meet? But it sounds like one of them is actually, is, when you say brother, you mean like like blood brother? Are you talking about like brother because mm-hmm. you're on a team together? Yeah, my my legitimate blood brother. Okay. Like, he and I grew Yeah. <laughs> um, he and I, you know, obviously were related. And then we knew Butch for, I don't know, 30 years. And then Javi, we've known him for almost 20 years. Okay. So, you know, we, we all, again, rooted in football, but it's, we, our, our dynamic on the show is that we've known each other forever. Like, so sometimes when we get going, we're, we're telling inside jokes. We forget that people don't know those inside jokes, but we know a lot of the locker room lingo and we, we do know ball, uh, to a certain degree, but we like the more satirical aspect of ball. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, and, and I mean, being together for so long, this is being that it's a fantasy football show. I mean, we'll talk about the Millie Goats podcast and everything, but before then, when you started getting into playing, did you guys have like a league together even before DFS came around? Uh, I mean, kind of. We would always do this thing called Brothers Day. You know, we had all of our buddies from college. We would all get together and just pick one day a year where we'd go play golf together. And then we tried to get a fantasy football league together. Um, that we would all play, uh, but we all kept screwing up the draft. We all have kids, like we're all married, so it was so hard. And finally, we decided to all meet up and do it, and that got out of hand. So we ended up not even being able to do it. <laughs> huh. So the DFS thing was was different because, and we all we we still do have a league, and I'm in a bunch of other leagues. But we decided the best ball league was the way to go for fantasy football, and then we do the DFS thing, DraftKings thing between the four of us. And, you know, it's, we all play our own lineups. Like we don't like, we don't like, that's illegal. You can't submit combined lineups, but you know, we talk about things and we've learned a lot over the past few years. And yes, we put a satirical spin on it, but you know, you learn certain, uh, tricks of the trade and, you know, techniques when you're looking at games, especially a standalone game or a three game slate or a GPP, like a big tournament or a cash game where you just have to hit a certain percentage of the field. Like, you know, we don't divulge all that because we're not like, we're not experts at it, but we do know that stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, so did you jump right into DFS pretty much at the beginning of it or did it take some time before you guys started like, Hey, let's try this thing out. So Butch and I, Butch did it for the longest time. Like Butch, Butch has had some pretty good success with it. He's, 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 taken down or not taken down but he's been in the top two of some very very large prize pools oh nice (laughs) um so he's he's tactically he's probably our best guy and then i came on board because i was like this is really fun i'm competitive Uh, and we don't play huge like you can play up to i mean the entries can get out of control like i don't i don't we don't kind of mess around with that we stay in the lower ones but butch started it and then he and i started talking every week right and then Javi came in and he was like, Hey, I want to try this, you know, cause we had a group message and then we had another group message <laughs> that was DraftKings related. Um, the DF, I think we were like down to DFS or something like that. D I don't know, D DTFS or I don't know, <laughs> something ridiculous. Um, and us three started talking and then I was doing a podcast actually for a home league. I was in, I was doing a fantasy football podcast just for a league. And then I said, Hey, we should, this group message is pretty, pretty funny. Like some of the stuff that you can get up because it create the, the content writes itself. So, you know, um, and then text came in, he was the last one to come in. Uh, and so that's kind of where it all started. And then as group messages do, you get out of control, right. With the text messages. And then you start spitballing what kind of names. And it was like, we're trying to win the Millie. We call Butch Billy. Sometimes we call him the Billy goat. And then Millie goats was born. <laughs> it was like, it all just like one after the other, boom, boom, boom. In a matter of five minutes, we had Millie goats. It's like, <laughs> that's pretty, that was pretty good. 
Yeah, I always, you know, made the assumption that Millie Goats meant like, you know, trying to be the greatest of all time at chasing the Millie or, or something like that, you know, like that kind of a goat. Yeah, that's about what it, it's, it's, it's multifaceted. It's layered that way. Mm-hmm. It was like, wow, that mean that could mean a lot of different things. That means we're, you know, the, the million dollar goats, the greatest of all time, or we're just a bunch of, <laughs> you know, jabronis with a podcast that sound like they don't know what they're doing. So it could be all those things. <laughs> I haven't heard the word. Jabron- right now it's the latter. <laughs> I haven't heard the jabroni word in a long time. <laughs> it takes me back <laughs> to the Iraq days. I love it. <laughs> yes. Big time Smackdown attitude era. Yeah. The attitude era was, I'd- I'm sorry. It's we're, we're cutting each other off again because of the, the, the lag and everything. My bad. No, no, no. You're good, man. You're good. But yeah, the, we had another podcast idea called the Daditude era where we just talk <laughs> about dad stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great yeah i'm gonna say the attitude era was my i mean of course our generation that was like the era when if you were a dude you know in seventh sixth through eighth grade into high school like you're watching it every you know every monday night and everything um man you, you kind of like i don't want to say like you veered this whole thing off but you like jumped into your whole origin story a little bit already i mean i'm all over the place so <laughs> you no, no, you're good. Here's here's the DeLorean. I mean, of course, you can catch this reference too, then, because the generation. Yes. But that's the purpose mm-hmm. of the premise of the show is we take that DeLorean back in time. You go learn about the history of. For you, it'll be like your, you know, the Millie Ghost podcast and such. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, the whole DFS, the whole DFS thing for me was maybe 2000. I'm trying to think of when I started. It, it was within the past four to five years. It wasn't terribly longer than that that i actually really jumped into it and i find myself now focusing so much more on that and like when i say i gotta work on rosters it's more dfs it's like my my home league i have a couple like here of course i put it prioritized but then dfs seems to be where all my attention goes for the most part and like did you get into best balls too or is it just straight up dfs you know i did the underdog stuff for a while the best ball stuff and it just didn't compare to the rush of talking trash to my you know to my with my friends you know like it it just it happens in the now it's done it's over like and you know that that when you do a showdown like last night you're sitting there the over under is 34 um i think the raiders were favored by a certain amount and so you're starting to think conventional wisdom would tell you that you play both defenses you play a kicker you assume the ground game is going to be hot and then it explodes for 87 85 points or whatever it was you know, and I'll never like last night again, it writes itself. I texted the group. I was like, I got a chance here. I need Easton stick to get hot. And I mean, three seconds later, he throws a pick six. Ah. It's just like, well, that's about how it goes. And that's how the show, like, that's how the show goes. <laughs> when do you, when do you release the episodes then? Cause I know it's more of like an after, like that's how you kind of premise it when you're in your bio there. So we do a Sunday night like recap show. We do a live show on Rumble, YouTube, um, and then our Twitter. And then the podcast releases Monday morning. And then we do a Wednesday night show uh, that's a live show kind of previewing everything. So, you know, we're, we're still like figuring out how much, you know, how much time we want to put into that Wednesday show being that it's a preview show in the middle of the week. So we're, we're still kind of fumbling with our, not fumbling, but, you know, critiquing and honing in on our, our document that we use, you know, we use a, we, we have a document that we keep running for each separate show. Um, and you know, there's, you, you can just, there's so much stuff to cover in football, in football. So. Yeah. That, and there's just so many different content creators out there, like trying to, if you want to listen to one and they all do it like daily, it's like just the whole trying to keep up with everything, even on times two speed. Um, so the, you said like the, the, the live thing rumble, what, what is rumble? I've never heard of that before. Rumble is just another platform. It's, it's like YouTube. It's, it's very similar to YouTube. Um, they, I don't know all the ins and outs of it. We just, you know, we talk to people on Twitter and stuff, and it's just another, it's another platform to go live on. So when we go live, it goes to Rumble, YouTube, Twitter, um, and it's, you know, it's a little more geared toward just live streaming, and so we found pretty good success on there, um, especially recently, which has been kind of cool. So, um, and then, 
I'm I'm on the thing so I can get this on any okay just rumble.com. I'm just trying to figure this out cuz like I said I've never seen this before. It's like yeah, okay, it's like mm-hmm. a YouTube thing. Huh. Yep. It's more like streaming uh based. So but it's 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 been really good for us. You know, we've been on shows there that are there's a couple of different shows on that we've been on that are you know, they get a hun- some of these guys they get 170,000 viewers. It's crazy, man. <laughs> it's just it seems to be more streamer and and host friendly you know but you know it's it's a uh like i said we're figuring it out i mean there's a lot that i mean you know how it goes a lot of it goes into it i mean you're yes you have to record the shows and then you have to do the editing the publishing the you know but it's all fun i mean it's like we don't uh, another thing that i for us you know when we talk about doing this was there's a billion advice shows up there we don't want to be like the advice show. We want to be like the after party, like the wedding and then the reception, you know, like <laughs> we want to be the reception of, can you believe this jabroni like Easton stick throws a pick as soon as I said I needed him as bad as I could, you know, or so <laughs> Dak Prescott steps out on the two, which as you know, you play DFS that takes away a rushing two point conversion or a rushing touchdown. And that throws the whole entire script on its head. So, you know, we, we focus on stuff like that. Yeah. Back in 2008, when my boy, Dan Orlovsky ran out of the back of the end zone and gave himself a safety, <laughs> I can't imagine if you had the other defense or whatever, if you're going against that, the Vikings it's, defense with Jared Allen laughing at him. But we, we actually used that picture in a thumbnail for one of, for one of our thumbnails to present the show. I think it was last, last week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was yes. the perfect, play to describe that season like if you were a Lions fan obviously people outside of it knew what was going on with the brown paper bags and the stands all over the place but as a Lions fan it was just like yep that's that's basically how it's been this year this whole year (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy G bailed him out though he ran out of the back of the end zone playing I think against the Broncos last was it last year maybe last year Oh, you know, so, I, I guess I didn't realize that that was out. I'm sure that they played it, and I'm sure Orlowski had to put it on the ESPN morning show and everything like that, too, and, and brought it up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, But, yeah, you know, uh, I'll say this, too. I mean, most most people ask us about this because whenever we played at App State, um, they always ask the question, the Michigan game. Were, were you there so at that time? We Javi and I played oh. during that time. We were on that huh. team. <laughs> so, um, we both played in that game. My brother was there, so it was a really cool experience. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, it was um, from this world a different whole whole experience. But I mean, okay, so take me <laughs> to that because it's I I didn't expect this story to go that way. But take me into the locker room, maybe before the game and then after the game, and just whatever else a unique story you want to tell. The before the game was, you know, it was funny because, you know, we're just, we're coming off our second national title game. It's the first game of the year. And so we, I mean, we were, we were very confident in our abilities. I mean, the, the year before we just mowed people down. Um, And when we knew we had a chance is whenever, I think it was early in the first quarter, Dexter Jackson caught a slant pass from Armonte. And I mean, he went 80 yards. And you could see everybody on the sideline looking up and down the sideline like, these dudes aren't fast enough. And that's pretty much how it went. I mean, we were up. We had a chance to go up 14 at the half. But uh, I think it was uh, Brian Quick. Ball went right through his hands. We had to settle for a field goal. So we could have been up two. When we went in at halftime, I'll never forget it. Coach Moore kind of gathered us all around. Um, It was like, you're going to get the best shot that the big 10 has ever had to offer in the next 30 minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so we went out there and people, you know, Michigan got the ball first at the half. And I mean, they just ran Mike Hart down our throats for like, you know, 15 plays. (laughs) We're like, Oh, okay. That's a little bit different, but we, I mean, it was pretty much a tight game all the way, you know, Michigan took the lead with, I think a minute and a half to go. They went up, uh, 32 to 31. And so we ended up having to drive the length of the field in less, less than a minute 30 
and went right down there and kicked a field goal to take the lead back, 34-32. Boom, Julian hits the field goal. Everybody's celebrating. They, Chad Henney throws a deep ball on the ensuing uh, drive, pass interference on Mario Manningham, and then the rest is history. Everybody's seen the, the field goal block. So, And then after the game was crazy, man. It was just phones were ringing. We were getting text messages at the the, the town was burning down. The bars were on fire. The goalposts are gone. Like it was insane. We come out of the locker room. All the Michigan fans are there signing. You know, they want our autographs. You know, we get on the bus, go fly to the back to Johnson City. We get to Johnson City. There's hundreds of app fans there. We pull out. And it's about 45 minutes. The whole way down from Johnson City back to Boone, there was people lined on the highway. Like it was insane. We had a police escort, ambulance fire fire trucks and when we get to campus which you know it's a couple hundred yards to turn on up stadium drive to get to the stadium and it took us like i don't know 30 minutes to an hour to get up stadium drive because there were so many people there was thousands of people in that in that parking lot it was nuts man to me i mean it's funny because just when you said even the game and i'm not really a huge college football fan myself even though Michigan's huge around here and everything. But when you mentioned, yeah, that game, it's like I knew and I exactly what you're talking about. So there's one of those like most memorable moments in college football history and you got to be a part of it. That's pretty cool. It was crazy, man. My parents went to App State. I grew up watching App State and then I got the opportunity to go to App State. So it was like a dream come true for me. And then to be a part of the era that was that era, you know, the three national titles and the win over Michigan, like it was, it's just, it's, it's weird because it was like I've been watching this team my whole life and I got to be there whenever it was a great time to be there, you know, and it really helped the university. So, but it, it was, it was crazy. One of the coolest things to do for us was after the game was over and after we won, it was all the coverage afterwards. And then if you go to YouTube, you can watch when our game was playing. If you look if you go to YouTube, you look at other stadiums like Ohio State's playing, Michigan State's playing, Penn State's playing. There's videos of their stadium that's like half empty because they're all in the concourse watching us block the kick. And when they block the kick, like the whole concourse erupts. Like it was, it was nuts, man. Huh? It was absolutely insane. That's a cool YouTube video watch, you know. And um, one more thing, I'll I'll. What was I going to say? Oh, uh, yeah. Like you were saying, one of the coolest parts about that entire story is when you talk to people about it, like you said, you like most people know exactly what they were doing. Like it had that profound, you know, I've, people all over the place. Like I've, I've talked to people in uh, Wisconsin. I've talked to people in California and they're like, I know where I was in that game. <laughs> it's like, dude, that's wild, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it'll, it'll, something you'll be able to ring along and share with your grandchildren, your great grandchildren, all that kind of thing. So that's pretty neat. Um, geez, how do I change the story now back to fantasy football after? So that was a fantasy, just so, like the game that we play. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah. So what about, okay, let's just get into the, actually the Millie Goats podcast. You kind of dove a little bit into that, but maybe more of like, um, Maybe not the origin story because you kind of said, like, what, how did you guys decide, okay, boom, we're going to do it to now? Like, what can the listener of the show more expect than other than, like you said, okay, Sunday nights are lives and Wednesdays are kind of pregame? So, I mean, it was, it was all based on the group chat aspect, right? Like I, like I was saying earlier, like, it's not, we're not, we do give out picks and things like that, but the more we've done it, we're kind of revamping that to be like, our bread and butter is not being, the geniuses of DFS. Our bread and butter is, you know, we come up with all kinds of nonsense of skits and things that are related to football or seasonal, um, and then complaining about why things don't work out for us. But we started thinking, it's like, we're not the only ones that happens to. Like, there are thousands of other people who just had that happen to them as well. We want to capture that moment because that's the one you see in the group chat or on Twitter or something like if this son of a gun just caught the ball, we could have won. Th- I mean, I've had uh, I've had an interception take me from winning 11 grand to 200 bucks. Now, I'm still happy with 200 bucks. But, you know, that boom, that instance is like, wow, that's great content. Like the, the what I felt during that moment was like, I went and woke my wife up and everything. I was like, we're going to win. 
$11,000. And then the next morning she was like, well, did we win? And I was like, no, no. (laughs) You know, like those moments are what we're all about. So we start the show with a national day. We go into what's called a water cooler debate where we just pick a topic of like this week we did the goat stocking stuffer. Like what's the greatest stocking, stocking stuffer of all time? You know, we debate that and then we get into football and, you know, we, we do it during golf season too. And the golf golf show, man, like <laughs> that's a whole nother level, man. Cause you know, when you're looking at football, um, you're looking at 16 different games at once and then you play golf, you can really hone in on some funny segments, man. Like, you know, we have all these different gimmicks we do during that. Um, football is just different because there's so much to cover. So it's 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 always been tough for us to kind of what do we want to put in the meat? And, you know, so we, we do our football segment. And then at the end, we do how dare yous. We do hang the banners. And we talk a little college football. So, you know, we try to cover a lot, which ends up taking a lot of time. But it's just we love doing it with each other so much um, that we, we do get a little long-winded. But <laughs> hopefully people laugh during it. <laughs> like, that's the goal is to try to make people laugh during the show. Yeah, it's something that can take them away from whatever, or if they did have that heartbreak with the one interception and it dropped their EV way down. Um, what about, okay, so now the, the the nuts and bolts of the show, we've got somebody that's like, hey, I want to start my own podcast and I like this whole concept of having four of my buddies with me and everything. Like maybe give a few tips as far as like what they do to get started to kind of jumpstart that for them. I mean, for us, it was you never want to get on there and sound unprepared. So we, we wrote out a document, um, uh, rough, you know, we've been curating it over the, the, the last year. Um, so being able to have something to look at is huge. And I mean, it's never going to be perfect. Like it, the, the hardest thing that most people say is like actually recording the first episode, you know? Um, so have something in front of you that you can kind of look at that at least keeps you somewhat on track. Um, you know, and then the equipment, we haven't really invested too much in it yet. But, you know, we got microphones, we got soundboards, we got headphones. Um, the hardest thing was where do we want to publish from, right? How do you want to record your stuff? I'm sure you know that too, is like, what's the best recording option? How do we publish this? How do you promote on social media? And I'll tell you on social media, that's that's a big learning game, man. Like, uh, being able to get your stuff seen is very difficult, but I wouldn't worry about that. I would worry mainly um, on putting together a concept and a product right out of the gate that you're really proud of, that you're not hesitant to produce. You know what I mean? And I'm sure you you, you may have some insight on that as well. Yeah, no, I, I can just remember the first time. So this is a different, this is not my first podcast I started. It was called the football history. Oh, you can see my little banner up there. It says the football history dude in my little parentheses. Oh, yeah. So that was the show, again, premise, taking the DeLorean back in time, learning about the history of the NFL. <clears throat> and it was a solo show first, the kind of thing where just basically researching a topic and then essentially having an outline and then kind of sharing like the message, if you will, for instance. And I remember like you said, the first episode was the hardest. I screwed it up. I had my microphone upside down and it sounded like a wind tunnel. We won't talk about that. But then there's all all these other things too. <laughs> like I remember I definitely was not mm, natural is the word maybe I'll use. It was like, I almost felt like I was forcing what I thought should be like jokes or like anecdotes or whatever it might be, as opposed to just, here's a topic, let's talk about it. And then, you know, that kind of thing. So that's, that's a, the thing I always recommend to people that are trying to jump into it is like, just try to be yourself because you're the only one that could be you, you know, that kind of thing. And you're not going to like the sound of your voice because nobody does. And, you know, there's all these like cliches that you talk about people starting their <laughs> podcasts and stuff. But yeah, no, I now um, this is part of what we call the Sports History Network. Uh, we have over 30 podcasters on actually 30 podcasts over 25 podcasters, something like that on the network. Yeah, All about sports history, though. This is the only one that has anything to do with fantasy football but it's about the history of fantasy football. So that's how I kind of snuck it in there kind of thing. Nice. Yeah. I mean, that's, we, I talked to a bunch of, or one notable, uh, successful podcast that was in the golf realm. And he was like, the biggest thing that he kept harping on, he's like, 
you're going to, if when you get out there, people are going to approach you. Eventually they will, especially if you believe in your show and things like he goes, do not change what you're doing because you started this show, you and your friends or whoever it was. He goes, you need to keep that aspect of it good because that's how people get to know you. He goes, and when people start to get to know you, that's when they start buying in and, and getting the inside jokes and, you know, that sort of thing. And he said, so, you know, and, and early on we had people probably like, you need to cut this, you need to cut that. And then we tried to, and we were like, man, <laughs> we like that segment. That's, we think it's funny. Like, right, right. So we just went back to kind of do what we were doing and, and not to be jerks or anything. It was just like, you know, we like, we're taking the time to do this. We love doing this. And so we want it to be like our thing. You know, there's all these rules you can research and try to follow the the guidelines. Like I looked at a whole bunch of different stuff. It's like, do you want to release two episodes or three episodes? They need to be an hour because that's the time, the attention span of somebody, you know, like you want to reach this amount of downloads and you want to do this and that. It was like, man, you start worrying about all that. You're going to, you're going to be worried about that instead of actually like writing the show or like, you know, focusing on the content. Yeah, if so, you would have worried about, you know, the big house and all those players and what they did in the Big Ten and everything, you wouldn't have went in and took care of business. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have people reach out now that are that are just starting and I, you know, I'm just I tell them like, "Look, man, it's your show. So whenever you go on somebody else's show, you do your thing, like be your show. You know, don't try to be somebody you're not." I mean, that sounds sounds cliché. It's not like I'm an expert either. Like I'm still learning a whole bunch of stuff. You know, we're still learning all of this stuff, but I mean, it's been a lot of fun and it's helped us learn a lot. I mean, and I told them like, I don't care if 10 people listen or 10,000, like, you know, when somebody comes back and it, they tell us like, dude, that sounded like I was hanging out with my friends. I'm like, that's the best thing you could ever tell us. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just exactly what, like you said, you're, you are hanging out with your friends. I forgot to ask you, mm-hmm. oh, excuse me at the beginning of this, but <laughs> During the origin story, this should have been, what year did we take the DeLorean back to the first episode? What what year would that have been when you started? That was last year. Oh, wow. We're about to come up on our, we're about to come up on our hundredth episode. Um, We're at 80, 87. I got it back there. Can't see it. Out. Oh, to me, it looks like you're on episode 52, WCD, whatever that no, means. I didn't know what that, that was. I, that's we hang banners when we win our water cooler debates. Well, that's what banners, that stands so. for. That's the acronym. <laughs> Yeah, so that's the uh, the eighty seven is how many it says how many we've how many episodes since we've won the million we've never won the million but we just did it since we started so we're <laughs> and then when somebody wins a water cooler debate we hang a ba- I have like two or three of them back here that I've hung up I got to hang up some more so um, <laughs> but that's yeah. cool you have your own little so segments that- that's fun you get to do the thing it's like it's you know we always strive and you know maybe the fantasy football a lot of people think okay the Matthew Berry's of ESPN but like the fantasy footballers are like probably the perfect. I don't know, example, because they started doing it for fun. And then, of course, now they're like the, the best out there and the biggest. But it's just, uh, I don't know, something to emulate or, or strive towards to just be like them because they are themselves and it feels like they're themselves. Yeah, they feel like you could approach them. And again, they, it feels like you're talking to your within your, like if your league met every day, that's what it would feel like. And those those guys are really good. Like, And they do, they have all the segments and all this stuff. And again, it was... For us, it was like, how do we come? How do we be original in this space? And it was, we got to come up with a cool name, like not like, you know, what is it? The uh, fantasy pros and the fantasy footballers and the da da da. It's like when you look in this the search bar, we're hoping you're like the Millie goes. What what is that? Like that's what we want you to think. But if it's somebody <laughs> you know? that's in it, I I did know what it meant right away when I saw it too. So it like you said, it was it worked. Okay, well that's good to know. Like it's got the red or the green and the orange mm-hmm. and the black and you're like, "Oh, okay." Um, so, you know, it's it's not like we want to we're draft again, now we're DraftKings experts like how do we get into this space but not be and no offense, to, I'm not saying like that's the wrong thing to do. Like if you like if that's if you if you're an advice dude and you know stats and you know Excel spreadsheets and all those optimizers and things like that, it's like, "Man, that stuff takes skill, it takes time." And we're like Hey, we're just going to pick these guys. And if they do us wrong, we're going to cuss them up and down <laughs> respectfully and tell them how much that they let us down when really it was probably our own fault. 
So, yeah. But we wanted to be in that space in a different angle. It's like everybody's trying to get people to win. We're like, 99% of the people don't win. So, what about those people? Where do they go? You know, <laughs> like, yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, you, I kind of like drifted off because I thought about something that was a question I wanted to ask. We just started listening to you too much. Um, oh, that's what it was. So, DraftKings, because the colors, do you only play DK or do you guys on like FanDuel or any of the other ones? We just do we just do DraftKings. Um, FanDuel is a little different because I don't know if you played or not, but the, the pricing is a little different. Um, uh, and so we, you know, that would be a whole nother realm to get into as far as pricing goes. Uh, plus, I, I, one thing is one, one app is enough to keep it up. You know, I, I fantasy ESPN league. DraftKings, boom, and they're right there beside each other. If I had a third one in there, I don't know if I'd be able. If I don't know if I have the the cahoots to to multitask that much, <laughs> dude. You know how it is. It's a it's a lot to you know. If you do a twenty max, you know we don't use optimize. I don't use optimizers. I build all my stuff by hand. You know because I love it. It's fun, and so it takes it takes some time to build twenty lineups or even a three max. At, you know, so I I try to just keep it to DraftKings. I'm with you. I'm a, I'm mostly 98% of it's probably DK. I've dibbled in the FanDuel and some other ones too, but uh, I'm a hand hand lineup guy myself. I'd a little bit of optimizer just for fun, but I like, I just like telling, like you said earlier in the conversation about the Raiders game, I like telling myself the story of like what could potentially happen. And like you said, just by knowing yeah, how dude. games go. Yes. Like that to me, like if you're a, f- to us, like if you're a football guy, like you want to, I love watching football because I want to see if I can figure out what they're doing. You know, like it's not just numbers and things for us. Like we want the emotion, like tie me into the game, make me disgusted to my stomach that instead of throwing it to Quentin Johnston, who I put in a lineup that they hit uh, Erickson for a touchdown. It's like, <laughs> what, like that was my touchdown. Like I played the guy, you know, like. <laughs> That was that's not how the story went. In my brain, it went Johnston's the guy. And you, Easton Stick and Brandon Staley, have completely bamboozled me again. <laughs> yeah, now he's packing and he's out the door. But uh it, you right. made it so earlier an episode so it was my hundredth episode of the football history dude talking about hundred, but this is like back in twenty twenty. And I had Dan Carlin from Hardcore History on. It's totally different genre. You know who I'm talking about? Nice. Okay, yeah, so yeah. He, he's a huge football fan. He was, you know, he, he had some awesome stories, but like he told, I mean, well, if you know Dan Carlin, you know he's the best, one of the better storytellers. But yeah, he was telling the story of how football is the perfect game because every play is like a story and momentum building up to the end, you know, like the climax is the end zone or, the, you know, the end of the game. But like when you just told me that, it was just, it made me think of him. But yeah, I got to give props <laughs> to Dan Carlin, one of my favorite podcasters of yes. all time. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the beauty. Uh, you know, again, that story where at the Super Bowl last year, man, like I'm literally like, you, you know, we, we like to say you don't want your balls to drop during the game. Right. Cause you know how DK is. They go from the, they go from the, the right side of the screen to the left. You want them up top, right? You want them way over here. And I'm sitting there watching that Super Bowl and I'm like, dude, okay. I got a chance here. If Kadarius Tony scores, I've got a legit shot to win a lot of money. And what does he do? He returns the punt and I'm up on my couch, like hands in the air. Kadarius Tony's going to the house. This is the last touchdown he'll ever score, probably <laughs> given his history this year. And the dude steps out at like the two yard line. And then I think Pacheco got the touchdown and here goes my ball <laughs> all the way to the other side. I'm like, you got to be kidding me, dude. Like you just like some of that stuff you just can't make up. It's like, like you had it, like your, your brain, your, your philosophy, everything you curated was right. Except right at the very end, you know, it's like, it's, you know, it's the old, uh, slipping on the banana peel in Mario Kart right before the finish line. It's like, <laughs> that is funny. Instead of complaining about it, write it down and go talk about it on the show. Cause you know, somebody else that happened to them. Yeah. No, I was one of them. I, I remember that play vividly because <laughs> I, I had the chief's defense too for it and part of it. And one of the things for pretty low, but yeah, no, it's funny how, like you said, just to them, well, granted that was a different cause him end zone or not, but like sometimes somebody like even a simplest throwing an interception might be so great for you. And it's like, Whoa, two points. 
wow, that made a big difference and everything. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the margin of error for the top 0.1% of the lineups in there. It's like last night, Zamir White, uh, the running back for the Raiders, had two extra carries for, I think, uh, three or five, three or five yards. And it took somebody from winning 500 grand to then $500 because Zamir White had two extra carries and it split the chop like 20 different ways. So the winners ended up getting like 7,000 a piece or something. Talk about being sick to your stomach, thinking you have it. And (laughs) I mean, come on that that's a, yeah, but that's, that's the anguish of, I mean, it's similar to, to the, you know, people, people bet on sports and things and, you know, you, that's the whole beauty of, of that, if you can do it responsibly, is like riding that prop bet or whatever. So, right, yeah, no, I, I'm, I, we all have been there in different ways. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna now shift gears again because I, I don't want to forget about this. I just, I just saw my little, no, sure, my cheat sheet, but I want to give you a chance to talk about R A E O dot live and what it's all about mm. and and everything. <laughs> So that's really neat outfitters. Uh, a buddy of mine, another buddy of mine, and I have started uh, this. This uh, I wouldn't say fishing apparel. It's more of like gag T-shirts. If you've ever seen the website, you know it's uh, this. I got this hat from it. I, I made this shirt on. Like everything we do on there, design wise, is original. Um, right now, we got the big third down hat on there and the fall is life shirt. So it's just a place for us to kind of when we come up with it with an idea of, of a T-shirt. Uh, we had one for, I don't know if you watch golf, but Mark Hubbard, um, he's a golfer and he, he, he holed out from a bunker, a greenside bunker on a par three for a birdie. And when he came out of the bunker, he shot a, a hand gesture. We'll just say that. <laughs> and so I, <laughs> cause he was so fired up and it, it ended up being all oh, that's, you know, that's his, that's what he's going to be known for. So we captured it. We haven't put it on there yet. Cause we were talking to him about how to get it. So it's just, it's real time, you know, we can make a shirt or a hat whenever we want to. We just get the design, get the idea, boom, get it up. Um, And then there's some other uh, more fishing based stuff there because I live on the eastern part of North Carolina and I do a lot of fishing. So, yeah, no, it's, it's, there's some, there's some definitely creative ones on here and everything. It made me think of almost (laughs) going back to the fantasy footballers, how they have like their different t-shirts, especially like the nicknames and stuff. And I just wondered if any of these had anything to do with the show, like, uh, you know, like how they have theirs and everything. There's a, yeah, there's a tab for our, for our brand, the Millie ghost that's on there. Um, and there's a few different, we have a big third down hat, right? Like, and the reason for that is, is because when you're watching football with your family, you turn to your left when you're at the holidays and it's a third down in a big game. What does everybody say? A big third down here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, let's make a hat that says big third down. <laughs> no, this is a, this is a neat little site too. So this, is this all print on demand? Is that what I'm taking it? Yes. Yep. Yeah, it's it's really nice so, how it's put together. Like, is this like a custom built? I'm sorry, uh, uh, like a box turnkey thing, or did you have to like update all this? Like the the back end, uh, the back I mean, end, like the templates and all that stuff. Oh, uh, you you can get in there. I just usually start with a blank canvas and kind of they they give you fonts and things like that that you can choose from. And but most all the designs on there kind of we maybe except for a few of them. Um, everything on there is stuff that we created, like that we came up with, like that goat. I had a designer make that, um, curated over time. The fall is life shirt, which is basically a chick who's drinking a PSL doing the Heisman pose. You know, that's all like come up with an idea in your head, get a designer, curate the design, put it on the shirt, you know? So <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's cool. It's something that you guys can have on there again for the listener of the show. That's the letters R A E O dot live. Then you can go in there and check it out, and we'll put links in the show notes for you as well. Um, as we're Thanks, man. nearing the end here, so we got the DeLorean again. I like to go into the future a little bit. We'll call it five years. Um, from mm. a, of course for your world, from the DFS perspective, maybe. Something you think is going to change, whether it's dramatically or not, or something you really like to see the space like kind of transition into. 
I know over the past few years, it's it fantasy football is ever changing, man. Like even your home leagues. But what what people don't understand, I mean, if you if you don't play DFS, it's hard for you to under, for for to grasp like the difference between that and fantasy football. And right now, stacking is the the key um, to you know, and stacking whether you do it in your home league or whatever is quarterback with a wide receiver or two wide receivers, and understanding that. When the quarterback goes off, usually people are going to be attached to that, right? Some of the playmakers are going to be attached to that, except for the commanders who Sam Howell will throw for 400 yards, yet none of his receivers will have over 15 points. It'll be the running backs, oddly enough. Um, so I don't know. It's hard to predict. It's, you know, gaining the edge in that is going to be fun to watch because they're changing football as we know it you know they're getting rid of the hip drop you know you can't hit receivers you can't do you know i don't know where the game is going to be at in five years um i i i hope that they the optimizer stuff where people just come up with these you know excel wizards is kind of you know you can make 150 lineups in a matter of minutes you know so i would my dream would be like you have an app that's specifically hand built only. Like if we could get that, it may be. I like it. No, I, I didn't. I want to, I, I didn't want to cut you off. But no, I love that concept because yeah, it's like it almost takes the the gamesmanship out of it by like let me click on a button on the computer, give it a couple, you know, like uh, whatever parameters, and boom, one hundred fifty yeah. lineups. Yeah, I mean, you could set it up where I want twenty percent of this running back. And 40% of these two wide receivers with this quarterback, and then boom, you're done. It's like part of the part of the gut wrenching that is fantasy football is the guy who is sitting on his couch, you know, talking to his buddy, because every fantasy football league has a group chat. And if it doesn't, you need to get a new league. Um and they are talking about who you know? Who am I, they're waffling, right? They're so and so is playing here, and he, hey, let me slide this guy in here. Boom! You slide him in. He stinks. The other guy goes off. Boom! Like that personal aspect of fantasy football is what makes people keep playing fantasy football. And I'm like, in the DFS space, it's like they figured out so well how to optimize. And most some of these guys you talk to, they don't even watch the games. It's like, dude, no, 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 no. Like. I need the emotion, you know, so I'm hoping that they come up with some way and maybe we could bring this to their attention. I didn't even think about that. This is all just right out of the, like, this all just kind of came to fruition right here. Maybe we reach out to them and be like, hey, we like playing with our hands. We're old school, man. Give us, give us a hands-on league. You know what I mean? No, I love it. I mean, I don't want us to sound like we're coming off as a curmudgeonly get off my lawn, you know, you spreadsheet socialist. But you know, I but I I agree with you. I would like to see that somewhere where it's like it's taking it back to brain versus brain and mano y mano or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and it's getting the getting the emotion back in it. You know, I think and like you're saying, like I don't. If you're really good, I mean, kudos to you for figuring that out. Like that's you know, but I. For me, the thrill is building the lineup, knowing that I built that thing and watching it crash and burn miserably. And then hopefully my friends on my show do the same thing so I can just be like, well, you stink worse than I stink, but we all stink together. So welcome to the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, that's a good idea, a concept you have, because there are so many different niche, I'll call them niche type of apps and types of things coming out. DraftKings and FanDuel, okay, they were like the top dogs, but now there's so many different ones coming out. If there is a way that someone could create the, okay, back to old school or kicking it old school or whatever you want to call it, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, man. So, I mean, as far as like strategy, you know, I don't know. It's changing. You know, if you're, if you're a fantasy football guy, you know, running backs, like hardcore bell cow running backs, that was the way you did it five, you know, five to eight years ago. And now it's all wide receivers and, and really quarterbacks have, you know, used to be quarterbacks were almost disposable. Now, since the running has, you know, I don't, I don't know where that arc is going to go, you know? And so trying to find the edge there, you know, we've got some things that we pound bounce back and forth in our group message of, of like edges that we might be able to find, especially on showdown slates. Um, you know, 
that that we're trying we're testing out i mean clearly we haven't won it yet you saw the sign so (laughs) (laughs) yeah well i mean you guys have had some good close calls and everything like that and um so the listener of the show let's give them i'm trying to figure out like for your drop the hammer moment okay the some words of wisdom to the listener of the show who not that they want to start their own podcast or anything like that but they want to maybe dive into DFS and they want to chase their own Millie goat. Mm. I would say start. Don't understand playing in large field tournaments is a very tough thing to do. Um, If you are not a DFS player and I wouldn't say we're experts by any means. I know that tournaments where you you look in the milli is a 150 max, like that's the highest amount of entries that you can have on a DraftKings thing. Um, don't jump into that one because that'll wreck you. You need to maybe try a three max first, uh, one where you can build just a few lineups so that you don't feel so anxious about it. <laughs> um, but the big 150s and the 20 max, like you're going to have to enter 20, like 20 or 150 to really have a shot. Um, and understand some of the nuances of the game. Like, like I was talking about earlier, like if you're going to play CJ Stroud, go, go back and look when CJ Stroud has a good game. Nico Collins or Tank Dell usually has a good game too. So that's a really easy strategy to start with is try to find a smaller entry tournament. You know, it's not as flashy with the big prizes, but you're going to find that when you go into those 150 lineups, you're going to run into people who are running every single scenario. And that's a, that's a hard thing to compete against. So, and I would, I mean, if you wanted, we, we run a contest every week, join, join in our contest, and usually one or two of us are at the bottom. So if you want to... <laughs> You want to you want to jump in and learn how to play, and it's not like you're going to get smoked by somebody who scores like 250 points. Come play with us, and you'll see that it's like, oh, okay, this this is there's a human aspect to this. So, all right, so that would have been you drop the hammer, Mike moment, whatever you want to call it, the human aspect. But if someone did want to join in your contest that you run, how would they go about finding it? Uh, go to our Twitter. That's where we, if you have Twitter. We 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 post it on Twitter and sometimes Instagram. And actually, I post it on Wednesday on our Thursday show. So it's in our podcast notes on the Wednesday and Thursday show, and on our YouTube video that we do and our Rumble. So it's on. You'll look in the show notes and it'll be in there at the bottom, and and it's as well as some of the other information on how to find us and stuff. Let's give that contact info to the show listener. You know how do they find you? Like you said on Twitter or anything like that. Twitter is going to be at Millie Goats, and our Instagram is at the Millie Goats, and then our Rumble and YouTube is the Millie Goats. Um, our search for your podcast is the Millie Goats. Uh, we don't have TikTok or you know we're we like I said, dude. Social media is if you want to ramp up social media, it takes a lot of time. So I I can only we can only handle so much of it. Totally understand. And so okay, I didn't ask you this, but. AK thirty four, like what? What? What, do we, what does that even represent? So the f- the first the first two are my initials for my first and last name. Thirty four was my number in college. That app makes perfect sense. Alrighty, so thank you for joining the fantasy football origin stories. Um, you know, good luck chasing that Millie, dude. Thank you. I really appreciate you having us on. This was awesome. There you go. Keep chasing that Millie. But you got to be realistic with yourself. Maybe start with some of those smaller tournaments, the single entries, that kind of thing. Because if you go after the 150 max, oh boy, good luck with that. There's a tons of people in there. And if you yourself have any stories to share about chasing the milli or any other kind of DFS tournaments that you've been in, well, you can hit both of us up over on that Twitter thing by tagging at milligoats and at fhdude. I want to hear your stories. Maybe we'll share them on the podcast someday. But for now, dude, I'm through if you're through. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fantasy Football Origin Stories. To make sure you're the first to get the next episode, please make sure to mash that little subscribe or follow button on your podcast player of choice 
then head over to the website for the show notes and more fantasy football origin stories. That's at fantasyfootballoriginstories.com. And remember, dudes, we're going, we don't need roads.